Hi, welcome to episode 14 of Walk to Work, a podcast where I talk about music and dance and related things. Today, I would like to talk about uh, some more about Alexander Technique. And uh, so, a couple of weeks ago, um, I recorded uh, an episode uh, describing uh, what Alexander Technique uh, kind of is, at least from my perspective. Uh, and I was mentioning that I'd uh, recently been taking regular classes with a teacher here in Edinburgh. Um, and we've been working on a lot of things. There's this, there's this tendency when you take private lessons with someone to imagine that the things that you're learning are things that are widely applicable uh, and are kind of more general when they're actually extremely specific uh, to a person. So bearing in mind that my experience with these classes is actually extremely specific to me, um, I want to describe some of the things that have kind of surprised me. Uh, specifically one is uh, the idea of attention versus awareness. Um, so um, attention, I'm not, I don't quite understand the distinction uh, that, uh, that Richard is making uh, when he talks about attention versus awareness. Like, I kind of have an intuition for it, uh, but uh, and uh, the intuition seems to be getting us where it's supposed to get us. Uh, the idea is the attention is the thing, uh, the place where you have uh, your full attention, where you're focusing, and awareness is that you're conscious of things happening, um, but... Um, not holding your attention there. And there's a quip uh, that I think is more suited to uh, the uh, French style of uh, arguing than an English one, which is uh, attention causes tension. Uh, But it's slightly true, at least uh, in my experience. So uh, what Richard has in his uh, his, uh, cabinet, in his office, I'm not sure what it's called in in English. Anyway, the place where he receives people uh, is uh, a fairly interesting um, wooden chest of drawers slash cabinet. Not quite sure what it is. Uh, Like this time, uh, an actual um, piece of furniture uh, that's kind of interesting. And on top of it, he has um, a vase that's... uh, has a bit of detail, doesn't have anything in it. And the instruction that he gives me is to stand at the other end of the room and to look at the vase uh, and allow the vase to look at me. Uh, or do people call it a vase in English? I never know. American English, I guess it would be a vase, not a vase. Uh, not sure what it is in actual English. Um, so it's like the looking at it is having one's attention on that. And at the same time as I have my attention on... Uh, yeah, I'm calling it a vase because the vase just sound weird. Okay, English out of the way. Um, having my attention on the vase um, occupies the attention and prevents me from having my attention on specific parts of my body. Uh, because part of the thing that happens when you have attention on specific parts of your body is kind of your brain uh, goes there 
uh, and is so focused on being there that um, because the brain kind of knows it's in the head, the head shortens towards that part of the body. Uh, and the part of the body that's being um, observed sort of isolates itself and refuses to organize properly with the rest of the body. Um, and so you can no longer have um, the, 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 uh, the, the prim primary function. Oh, I've gone and forgotten Alexander terminology again. Uh, the, the, the thing that keeps us upright, basically, uh, and that ties all our body together, um, and that operates if we're not thinking about it or if we're not using habits, uh, or if it's not held, uh, held up by habits. And this will... Um, and part of so we I discussed uh, the previous weeks how part of the goal of Alexander Technique is to inhibit the habits that are interrupting the primary function from functioning. And so we let that primary function uh, function, and then your bo the body organizes itself um, in a way that works um, instinctively. I'm not sure instinct is the right word here, but. Uh, it, it kind of happens on its own and you don't have to do anything and the very act of trying to do anything uh, is going to prevent uh, that primary function from functioning and so part of the goal uh, of stopping or inhibiting or getting rid of habits is to notice those things uh, and to stop doing them uh, and to allow the primary uh, function to take over. And so if you have attention on a specific part of your body um, that is likely to prevent the primary function uh, from taking over. And so you have to be able to have some kind of uh, awareness of it. Is the back lengthening? Is the back widening? Uh, is the tailbone uh, heavy and reaching out towards the floor? Uh, are the heels uh, where the, uh, in contact from the floor and feeling uh, heavy? Um, you can have awareness of all this, but if, as soon as you have attention, uh, it's going to disrupt it. And so that's an interesting thing um, to me. Uh, and I see it uh, when dancing. Like so often people's attention is sort of very much inward. Inward towards ourselves. Um, inward uh, towards uh, our partnership. If we have two people, inward towards the ground. And that inwards uh, and attention is uh, accompanied by shortening. Uh, and that shortening is the, the contrary of the, the direction that we want things to go. Um, and so there's two things from this. Uh, one I'll get into later is, or two actually things I'll get into it later, is how the body, uh, is how other uh, modalities, I'm thinking especially the Franklin Method, uh, focus on imagery for a given part of the body. Um, and the other is, 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 yes, outward gaze and acceptance of reality. So let me get into that one for a second. Uh, another thing that Richard says is let the vase look at you. Let yourself be observed by the vase as much as you are observing it. Uh, and I think that's a really nice idea because we get to be observed by uh, other inanimate objects uh, without judgment, but we still have to let them observe us. Um, 
when you think of dancing, that's kind of very much a thing. As soon as other people are observing you, uh, you're projecting their judgment onto it or projecting your own judgment onto them and not super enthusiastic about that thing. And that's why people, um, whether they're performing, like literally a performance on stage or performing for other people to watch, or if they're just dancing in the vicinity of other people, uh, including their partner, uh, will have this tendency to shut themselves off from that being observed and one of the ways of stop shutting yourself off from being observed is also not allowing uh, the other to observe you um, and then the question is like where is my attention uh, can I have an awareness of my own body while having my attention elsewhere uh, so maybe the attention can go to the music I haven't really seen if that works I feel like it doesn't quite and that has something to do with uh, the way that we need all our senses uh, for attention, including our gaze. Um, and that gaze is a really uh, important part uh, of uh, the having attention uh, and not letting the attention be inward focused. Um, and so that's for that part, like being looked at, looking uh, is kind of, um, I'm starting to think about that in my uh, dance teaching uh, is like what's happening with these people who are both afraid of being looked at and afraid of looking at others um, uh, the, I'm definitely one of them and how is that getting in the way of our dancing freely in our bodies and I think and like another it's no accident that uh, we have this term self-conscious so self-conscious is kind of when our attention is directed towards ourselves, we're feeling self-conscious. Uh, and self-conscious uh, is meaning uh, feeling fragile about being uh, observed. Uh, and so there's, again, one of those plays uh, with words that I don't want to get too into because they're so very French. Uh, talk to me uh, some other time about how much I dislike that aspect of, uh, of French philosophy. Um... Where was I going this? Yes, there's another thing which is about um, acceptance. And so I think that one of the reasons, uh, one of the things that Alexander Technique seems to be about uh, is a form of acceptance of the physical world. Um, we accept the force of gravity and allow our heels to sink into the floor, um, allow that gravity to happen and it's from that downward direction that we're able to find the upward direction and the floating head. If, rather than allow, I pretend that I don't have uh, the force of gravity and I refuse it and try to go up, uh, I have nothing to go down against. Um, and then I have to kind of force the upwardness and it doesn't happen and it's not stemming uh, from uh, this primary instinct of... Um, uh, accepting and using gravity. Uh, and that's kind of an odd thing. Like, you know, if you do take Alexander classes, there'll be times you're sat in a chair and you're trying a thing that's completely new, which is to let uh, yourself be sat in that chair and to let your heels drop and to let uh, yourself, your, uh, your sit bones drop into the chair, let your tailbone drop. And from there it feels as though there's no way you can get up 
generally just because it's something you've never really tried to do before. You've always tried to fight gravity to get up. Um, and it turns out that from there, getting up is as simple as choosing, uh, keeping open the possibility of sitting down, but choosing to exercise the possibility of standing up. And you stand up very effortlessly and weirdly, uh, and it's quite mysterious the first time you get it, or the first few times. Uh, and still sometimes, like there's some days I get it, some days I don't. A bit weird. Um, and so this full acceptance comes to something kind of at the core of any self-improvement method, which uh, again comes down to uh, consent. Uh, consenting to the interactions we have with the world. Uh, and there's two parts that's consent. One is knowing what we want, and I'll get to that uh, in some other episode. Uh, and the other is having the capacity for action, having the agency. Uh, and I kind of think of it, so the gravity thing is a little bit like a trampoline. If I have uh, a trampoline that I can bounce against, if I fully push into the trampoline, the trampoline can fully push me back. And so if I accept uh, the strength I have against the, uh, the, the, the weight that I have into the trampoline, uh, the trampoline can accept me, I can let myself go into the trampoline, the trampoline can give me back, which is what I just said, yes. Uh, I can say it a third time, maybe it'll be truer or something. Uh, And so, and one of the things that people do with trampolines when they're not used to it is that they're afraid to push into the trampoline hard. They kind of want to let the trampoline do the work. And you're like, no, but you, 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 you push into that trampoline uh, really hard downwards, and then you let the trampoline do the work upwards. You don't not push into the trampoline and try to go upwards on your own because then not, you're not using the trampoline. And it's kind of the same thing with uh, the sitting down and standing up. The standing up in general, you use the gravity that's wanting to pull you down and then that lets you come up. Um, and that works kind of the same way with, this is part of kind of accepting the basic facts of the world and the, 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 the basic fact of the world that you have to accept if you want to have agency within it is to be of the world. And so kind of you have to be of the trampoline for the trampoline uh, to, to, to be able to use the trampoline and you have to be of the world. You have to gaze at it and you have to use its gaze uh, at you. Because otherwise if you turn yourself to inner focus, uh, you're sort of subtracting yourself from the world. Uh, and it's as if you're sort of poking at a trampoline with your little finger. Nothing much is going to happen because you're subtracting yourself on the trampoline and you can't actually have uh, agency and interaction with the trampoline. Um, and so I think that's, a, that's kind of a fundamental thing I'm thinking about right now. I would love to hear you guys' thoughts about it. Um, and the other one, uh, so that was the second thing I was coming back to. Uh, I'll do an episode uh, soon about Franklin Method and what I think Franklin Method is. Um, Franklin Method works a lot on imagery and body, uh, learning about body mechanics for specific parts of the body, or at least the version of uh, Franklin Method that um, my dance teachers have used to teach me dance, which is maybe different than they would use if they were teaching Franklin Method third for other purposes uh, or if they were 
actually teaching Franklin method as opposed to using the tools of Franklin method. Uh, and so that's the, also the thing that I noticed in my journey with Franklin method and Alexander technique is that uh, I think I mentioned in the previous episode, uh, basically I could not let my sacrum uh, mutate against my pelvis until I had released uh, the muscles in my neck that were shortening my whole spine. Uh, and that makes sense. And you have this holistic thing um, where my best guess, every time what I notice is if I try to uh, think of widening pelvis in a very Franklin way without thinking of lengthening spine and widening back, uh, it doesn't work as well because um, it gets holed up in that attention thing and all my attention is in my pelvis and then the whole uh, doesn't work as well. Uh, and I think that's just a, a failing of understanding of me for a Franklin method. Um, and also a failing that I've been using uh, in teaching is that you kind of have to hold the image of your whole uh, in your mind at the same time as you have awareness on a specific thing. So your attention can be outward or on the overall thing, probably outward, and then your awareness is on uh, the overall pattern, the overall organization of your body, and a specific part of it, like uh, the pelvis widening. Uh, where was I going with that? I had a last thing. Yeah, there was two metaphors that came to mind. One, uh, for any of you who've read uh, the sequels to Ender's Game, at one point uh, they invent a method for teleportation whereby they take themselves outside the universe and then take themselves back in. And what it takes is a gigantic brain uh, a computational brain to be able to hold the pattern of multiple people while they're outside and have no actual physical reality and then it automatically restitutes itself when they come back. And it's kind of interesting it's that the automatic reorganization when they come back is, doesn't need to be done. It's just the holding of the organization uh, during. And there's kind of something about that, that your awareness uh, holds this overall organization but you don't need attention to build it together bit by bit. Um, and the other way I think of that, kind of thinking again of the whole and the individual part, is um, imagine if you're drawing a face or giving instructions to someone to draw a face. So one way of doing it is starting with the whole, so you draw uh, a circle and halfway down the circle you draw the eyes and below the eyes you draw a nose and below the nose you draw a mouth uh, and then you add ears and hair. Uh, and maybe you have more kind of halfways and this wide and it all relates to the overall oval of the face. Whereas um, if you start with the nose and then you're like above the nose you draw two eyes and below the nose you draw a mouth and then you enclose them with a circle, uh, you'll get a less face-like face. -like face. Um, and so it's just basically that uh, in order to create uh, to focus on parts of a whole, you have to have the whole first and then be able to focus on the parts. Taking the parts and adding them together uh, is more likely to give you a... Oh, in French it's called a cadavrexki. I can't remember what... It, the, there's a game that's called that in English as well. Uh, basically where you draw um, part of... you write part of a sentence or you draw part of an animal and then you fold the page over and let the next person draw the part and it kind of assembles into this uh, Frankenstein's monster, um, all parts glued together kind of thing. Uh, so yeah, those are my thoughts about Alexander Technique at the moment. 
specifically awareness versus attention, how that relates to other body modalities, uh, the idea that uh, I want my attention to be not inward focused but outward focused, that that somehow involves my gaze as well as my ears or other senses, that um, then with my awareness I want to simultaneously hold a kind of overall pattern uh, and maybe have also awareness for more specific uh, parts like heels sinking into the floor, pelvis widening, back lengthening, back widening, uh, head feeling light, those kind of things. Um, and the other direction that this takes me is the question of consent and agency uh, and kind of that having, uh, um, allowing oneself to be observed and observing the world is a way of being part of the world and the only way that we can have agency in the world is to be part of the world and accept the physical reality of the world. Uh, and I could get into a digression there about uh, interacting with other people uh, and there's this whole, um, there's a way of taking the acceptance idea uh, too far because then you focus only on the things you can do rather than also having expectations of other people. But when it comes to the kind of inanimate world, uh, definitely uh, you can't really do more than accept how it is uh, and accept that as reality. Uh, and choose to have agency within that, rather than being self-conscious, turning yourself inward uh, and refusing uh, to participate in the world. Well, there you'll, you'll not have agency against that world. Um, those are a bit weird thoughts. I think it's the most esoteric and philosophical that I've gotten uh, about body mechanics in a long while. Uh, I'd be really curious to know, uh, are there ideas in this that resonate with you, that don't resonate? Uh, what are the questions that you have uh, while listening to this? Let me know. Um, take care and I'll see you next time.